Hi, I'm Amira Khalid, and I'm the creator and host of Inspiring UAE Women, the one and only podcast focused on female leaders in the United Arab Emirates. Welcome to season two. To my loyal followers, welcome back. And if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. In my show, I will be interviewing and shining the spotlight on a diverse group of female leaders in the UAE and hopefully inspire women in the region with their success stories. Thank you so much everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoy listening to my podcast and if you do, Please subscribe and leave your comments and ratings on iTunes. You can also follow the Inspiring UA Woman podcast on social media and get in touch with me. Details will be in the episode description. My guest today is Dr. Huda Al-Khazemi. Dr. Huda is currently the Director for Center of Cybersecurity and Research Assistant Professor. She is also the President of Emirates Digital Association for Women and CEO of Women in AI. Dr. Huda will be speaking at Intersec, which will take place at the Dubai World Trade Center between 16 to 18 January. Held under the patronage of His Highness Sheikh Mansour bin Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, Intersec is the only event in the region bringing entire ecosystem of emergency services, security, and safety under one roof, enabling regional and global leaders to explore solutions for the rapidly evolving challenges facing the industry. Details on the event will be in the episode description as well. Dr. Huda has 17 years of experience in industrialization and economic development projects, having led and motivated several tech-based industrial investments in the UAE and internationally. With a specific interest in SDG-based investments, Dr. Huda has served in various research and development positions in the technology development sector in previous years and has also played a vital role in developing cybersecurity and cryptology research and development ecosystems in the region and globally. Thank you so much for being on my show, Dr. Huda. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. Can you tell us the backstory about what drove your interest in technology? Thank you, Amira, for having me here. And it's a great question to start uh, our session with. I think my number one interest was just uh, this adamant curiosity that I had in me to just do things on my own, to understand how can we build an industry? How can we build a community? How can we build precisely a technology or a prototype? And that curiosity led me to just be curious, curious about technology because it changes people's life. It has this kind kind of viral effect where if you want to resolve a specific issue or a problem, of course, the paradigms of solutions could be building a technology-aided environment for it. That was why I am here on this pathway. Over the span of your illustrious career, you have been a part of major industrialization projects that have had deep economic impact in the UAE. How did you go from that to academics and now you're going back to it? I was always interested in research and development. I was just a person who would say after graduation, if someone asked me, where do you want to be placed? I would say in research and development community, which are the communities that are forming the middle layer in between an industry and academia. And I always was interested in this flow of creation, flow of building prototypes, building industry products, building actually solutions to prominent problems. 
So, of course, working with the UAE private sector, government as well, it was a very interesting experience because you get to work on multiple technology products or multiple industrial projects in one setting, I would say. So I would always tell my friend it was like working in a glass house where you have your own task and mission of building a specific technology and industry. But at the same time, you have this kind of 360 view of what's happening in the cross sectors that are being built in the neighborhood at the same time. And this allows you to see the impact, the accelerated economic impact on multiple sectors when you are trying to build one stream of economic growth across a certain industry. And from that, I went to academia because I was extremely interested in building this industry, which was on primarily defense and cybersecurity. It's a research-driven industry. You have the ability to build your own components. I had a master's degree in mathematics and information coding and cryptography. And then I pursued afterwards because I was like, okay, it's not enough to know how to design things, but you know, you need to know how to build them and break them and assemble them and then rebuild them again. And then I took a PhD degree while working. I didn't want to let go of my industrial position. I would do uh, my PhD in cryptanalysis and cryptography with one of the lead groups uh, in the field in symmetric cryptography at that uh, point of time, and I would say still in the mark. That's how it went and manifested. And I wanted to always contribute and research, make sure that we from UE could contribute to the global status quo when it comes to building the technology. And this is why I think, you know, I had a, like a keen interest uh, in cybersecurity and AI and, and building the academic infrastructure for it in UAE. After my PhD, I was responsible of building R&D centers of productivity and industry on cybersecurity as well. Building the R&D center in NYU Abu Dhabi was a great a challenge and a great opportunity to just build something with a global impact for us here in UAE. And I was very lucky to be part of a great team who worked very hard into making this vision a true one. Dr. Huda, I'd like to unpack your experience for our listeners. Tell us a bit more about your experience and any interesting projects you were a part of and would like to highlight. It's difficult to choose one project. I think I was very lucky to work with the UAE government and with the private sector in UAE as well, uh, because you could see the accelerated rate of progress that you have to go through in different projects on a daily basis. I was always interested in, in many projects, I would say. Cybersecurity is a very interdisciplinary field, we say. So we can tackle cybersecurity from different perspectives and going from that to tackle the security of self-driving cars, building the testing environment for it, building the different components where you can assess the validity and security of this self-driving cars, and then making sure that you could put the policies for this out there is very interesting. And I would say in general, any project that I worked on, which has a great interest of understanding the impact of security or AI on emerging technology or the impact of emerging technology and AI and cybersecurity, and then also the impact of emerging technology on accelerating economic growth across different sectors 
I still work on other interdisciplinary projects, for example, avionic security, um, security on different uh, elements as well. And not only that, but strategic level industry build projects where we build industrial strategies uh, in different sectors as well are projects that are dear to my heart. So along the journey, your favorites would change when you are a junior, when you are a mid-level career, and when you're a senior. And Dr. Huda, did your projects have a regional or an international focus? Some of them are globally focused, some of them Abu Dhabi focused, some of them across the UAE. So it depends on the collaboration that we're building. We have definitely projects with international impact uh, that are coming from here, from the UAE, especially projects that I worked with that has an element of SDG impact and technology in collaboration with entities like the UN, the ITU. These are the ones with a global impact most of the time. This provides me with the perfect segue for the next question then. Dr. Huda, given that technology is your domain, I'd like to talk about tech for impact. What does it mean? For me, tech for impact is actually the current cause or the current purpose of building industrial platform across the world. We're living uh, in an era where we know that we have a delay between achieving the 17 sustainable development goals and the current status quo. So the annual estimated gap for SDG financing is around $2.5 trillion uh, on an annual basis. And with the COVID crisis hit, you can imagine that how would this build up on the current financial gap? I would say uh, the estimation to over 4% uh, of that number. And to me, there are specific factors that could play an acceleration or the acceleration role when it comes to building a faster impact on achieving the sustainable development goal. One of these elements is building effective global collaborations. And the other one is building effective technologies and industries. Can you imagine if the impact of Uh, building effective technologies on uh, global education or global hunger or global healthcare status across the world. And I think technology has that kind of viral element, again, of uh, achieving an impact. Uh, The ability to connect, I would say, the 4 billion users around the world who are currently not connected to digital media uh, would have a huge impact on employability, on economic growth of different countries that are considered part of uh, the underdeveloped or the emerging economies of the world. Do you see a positive link between tech for impact and evolution of industry or industrialization? Definitely, yes. Uh, I would say there's a huge link between both because industries at the moment are being heavily empowered by AI, by uh, technology, and they're working on, for example, we see initiatives around agri-farming, initiatives around building the new paradigms of healthcare, new initiatives of, for example, crowdsourcing human genome across the world. Uh, So I would say there is a huge link between building new industrialization schemes and sectors and building a tech for impact. Technology at the moment is not just only about building the next tech unicorn by itself. It's about building the next purpose through utilizing industrial impact and technology impact. So the next purpose around, for example, connecting, as I said, connecting the unconnected world at the moment, making sure that you bring more global jobs, not only national jobs, into the map and changing the way we work. They call it the digital disconnect, but I would call it the digital connect of today. 
In the UAE, there is a lot of focus towards designing the next 50. Are there any exciting projects that you would like to work on that align with that vision? I always say that the UAE last 50 was around giving back to humanity in general, giving back to UAE, the way we build this current infrastructure in 50 years in a country uh, that would have from three women who would be giving birth two of them would pass away to a country at the moment that is uh, considered a competitive norm uh, in the region, not only in technology or business or a social balance, but in many other sectors. And the human impact that UAE also constituted was not just about UAE. It was about all of the region, regional support, I would say, and the global support that they have extended to many of the global projects. And the next 50 for UAE industrial projects that I'm excited about is about uh, initiating this kind of SDG impact-based financing strategies or investing strategies in technology where we can build here from UAE the technology technology sector, the Silicon Valleys of the world that would enable technologies for good and technologies for positive impact across the world. Dr. Huda, what has been a highlight or the highlights of your career? When I look back, and thank you for the question, you are, you know, incentivizing me to reflect back on my career. And when I look back to my career, I see specific pillars of purpose that existed. So first, I had a huge focus on this kind of academic and research growth, and then a focus on industrial growth as well, because I didn't believe that what we just learn in research and an academy should just stay there in that pocket, but we should have this kind of great contribution to the current industry, because it will also contribute to the build of the local economy and the global you know, uh, positioning of UAE. And the third aspect that's dear to my heart is the community build. It takes a lot of work to just build communities and to sustain them and to keep them going. And I'm at the moment involved in two, Emirates Digital Association for Women and Women in AI, among others as well that I was involved in down the line. And most of these communities are communities that we foster and we you know, champion on top of our working hours. And I would say we do them with the volunteering spirit. And the merit of it is for us is to change the status quo, to make sure that we can give back on a bigger impact. The ability to think of a greater good when you are working in your own bubble of focus of, on an industrial sector is a satisfying one because end of the day, you go home making sure that you have empowered a community at large. One of the dear projects to my heart was a project that we worked uh, with the UN with on empowering women in AI and women in tech. And uh, through that project, I got to meet this 18 years old mentee slash mentor at the moment from Chile, uh, who was in the program at the age, I think, of 14 or 16. And now she grew up to be an advisor of SDG uh, agenda for one of the uh, secretaries uh, of the UN units. And I'm so proud of her because for someone who's coming with an agenda of impact to see uh, her at the age of 18 working on that agenda is really a self-satisfying experience. You see the success of others as an extension of yours at some point of time. That is such a beautiful story with wonderful sentiment behind it and emphasizes the importance of female mentorship, which I've talked about a lot in my previous season as well. Dr. Huda, in your illustrious career, what helped you to persevere? What was the key? 
I, I was always in R&D. I was always in between academia and industry. It was never one or the other to me. And I probably got rejected from a, a certain PhD program, a prestigious one in this country, because I said in the interview when they asked me, what do you want to do after your PhD? I said, I want to do an R&D. And after R&D, I want to build strategic sectors of industries in UAE. And after that, I want to be able to build Silicon Valley's here. And we want to do proper research that would just you know fuel that. You asked me about what helped me persevere is, is, is that vision that I had in me that my journey is mine. I have an absolute ownership on how I would steer it. And it should be focused on purpose. It shouldn't be focused on personal purpose, but the purpose of, of building something for a greater good for the community all around. And it might sound a bit of a cliche, but I, I always thought that I was asked myself, what was the best gift that has been given to me in UAE? Who are born and raised in UAE, getting exposed to, at a young age, to a free healthcare system, a free educational system in comparison to who could have existed in any other system around the world. UAE taught me that the best legacy that someone can leave behind is an opportunity that multiplies. And if you are within a sector that could multiply opportunities, for you and others, then that's a sector that you should build and thrive to build. And that's what keeps me going. What keeps me going is being involved in sectors of industry and technology that could build opportunities for others. And these opportunities could keep on multiplying for many generations to come. So I would hope that we will all be able to be part of that at one point or another. Dr. Huda, with this podcast, my objective is to provide women with real role models they can be inspired by. But who have been some of your role models over the course of your career? It's a kind of a difficult question to answer because I was raised and I think it's our, our, the way we are being brought sometimes condition us to a specific perspective. I was raised to always think that there is no specific role model to a person and we should appreciate and life is a learning journey and everybody is a learning lesson and you should really be able to look around you and make sure that you learn from everyone and every aspect and every coincidence that happens to you during your life. So with that being said, to me, a role model is anybody who would be having a purpose in life and persevering behind it and community growth. So anybody who would put the growth of the community before the growth of one person is, is someone we should always learn from and consider as a role model. And I would leave it at that because I don't just have one name. I have a list of names under each category. And we always learn and uh, we always uh, get to evolve after learning from these experiences. Dr. Hoda, my last question to you today is, what advice do you have for women in tech or in general today? The advice that I always give myself and also give the women out there is don't settle for the status quo. If the status quo is not what you're looking for. It's not part of your purpose journey. Try to always define your own impact with what you can do. What are the tools around you that you can create? There is no pathway created. Take the challenge, make the journey yours. Don't settle. Really be empowered by your 
purpose journey, by what you can build, what you can put out there in the community. Don't be one thing. If you can work on multiple dimensions, and that's what I always encourage everybody to do, then do that. And remember, your growth is not just defined by what you do in your career or what you do in your personal life, but also what you do for your own well-being and the balance that you can bring out there for, for you as a human being in this world. And I always would say that try on a daily basis to champion something and to champion someone. Champion a vision, champion a cause, champion a person and push that person through to the last mile, no matter where you are at your career journey. Even if you're a junior or if you're a senior, champion something and uh, mentor a person and a cause uh, to their ultimate fullest uh, potentials. Thank you so much for this wonderful interview, Dr. Huda. It was an absolute pleasure having you on my show, and I look forward to hearing you speak at Intersec. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Season 2 of Inspiring UA Women Podcast. Today, women make up only 28% of the workforce in STEM, that is science, technology, engineering, and math. I'm now going to take you through a lot of statistics, so please bear with me. A report by Cybersecurity Ventures states that women make up 20% of the cybersecurity workforce, while an ISC Square study using different criteria pegs the number slightly higher at 24%. Even though the percentage of women in cybersecurity has increased since 2013, when women represented just 11% of the industry workforce, there is clearly still a gender gap. As of June 2021, the five largest tech companies on the planet, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Microsoft, only have a workforce of about 34.4% women in total. Amazon has 29% women in leadership jobs, Facebook 34%, Apple 31%, Google 28%, and Microsoft only 26%. 72% of women in tech have worked at a company where bro culture is pervasive. 78% of women in tech feel they have to work harder than their co-workers to prove their worth. I believe it is important to have women on the executive teams and to encourage women to be a part of the boards of tech and industry-focused companies. Their unique perspective and big picture approach has a positive impact on both the community and company ROI. This interview with Dr. Huda was a breath of fresh air. It was very inspiring to hear from a leading woman in tech in the region with wide ranging experience in industry, technology, academia, and research. So make sure to catch Dr. Huda speak at Intersec. I'll see you all in the next episode.